This is the only podcast that gives you a 20-minute guarantee. Give us 20 minutes of your life, and if you're not completely satisfied, you'll, you'll get, get your, your minutes, minutes back. back. No, no questions, questions asked. asked. It's a minor detail podcast. Thanks. Welcome to Lighter Detail Podcast. And uh, thanks, Jess, for, as always, introducing the show right there. Uh, we start out right there with the incredible Mick Jagger in front of the Rolling Stones today on Mick's 78th birthday. We got a lot of stuff about music uh, today on the podcast. And we started with that Mick turning 78. Uh, stay healthy, Mick. That's all I can say. November 2nd, I am uh, scheduled to see the Stones at the Cotton Bowl. Dallas. That show rescheduled from last year. And right now, November 2nd, at the Cotton Bowl still happens. I'd be a little chilly outdoors at the Cotton Bowl on November 2nd. I would rather be cold than uh, scorching hot. So that'll be alright. So uh, Mick Jagger turning 78 today. Hope everybody had a fabulous weekend. I uh, was incredibly busy over the weekend. Uh, our sweet 15-year-old was involved in a, a musical production over the weekend with the Young Actors Guild here locally, and they did the great musical Big Fish. Now, if you've never seen the Tim Burton movie, Big Fish, this is the Broadway version of that, and it was just fabulous. The songs were fabulous. The performances were just out of this world, and uh, Hannah had a great time being part of that cast and uh, did a show Thursday night, Friday night, two on Saturday, and one yesterday and it was just uh, fantastic. So, busy weekend doing that. And uh, now, we get busy with band. Uh, Hannah is also in the uh, high school band here. In fact, earlier today, went and got her all sized for her band uniform for her sophomore year in the band here, where she plays the clarinet. It's going to be a lot of fun watching her uh, march. Of course, last year, uh, they marched. Uh, did halftime shows, but only at the home games and uh, not in uniform because of COVID. And so this will be a really a cool deal. So I'm looking forward to that. All right, I want to start uh, here with this Eric Clapton story. This thing got a lot of publicity over the weekend. Eric Clapton getting ready to go out on tour for the first time in a long time. And you might remember that he took the AstraZeneca vaccine back in December, and he had terrible side effects. He outlined those side effects in a letter that he uh, wrote, and it was published by an anti-vax person, an architect and film producer named Robin Minotti. In that letter, he said he experienced severe reaction to the AstraZeneca vaccine. He blamed propaganda for overstating the safety. He added he feared the disastrous reaction would leave him unable to play music again. Well, now the latest here is that Eric is saying he will not play in any venues on this tour that require concert goers to be fully vaccinated. Clapton said he will not perform anywhere there is a discriminated audience present. And naturally, he is just getting hammered uh, by those who are for the vaccine. Now, this is not the first time that Clapton has taken a stand against COVID measures. He appeared on Van Morrison's anti-lockdown song called Stand and Deliver uh, back in December. And so he says 
if a venue is requiring people to be vaccinated, he will not play there. He is uh, he is taking a stand. All right, so if you watch the Olympics over the weekend, especially if you watch gymnastics, you may have been confused about why the women's gymnastics team were wearing different colored uniforms. There were some people who said, well, maybe some of them got lost on the flight or all kinds of rumors. Well, there's a simple reason for that. Some of the athletes had on blue leotards. Some of the uh, women had on red leotards. And a lot of people are curious about that. Well, the answer is quite simple. Only four of the gymnasts from the U.S. women's team are competing for a team medal, while the other two are competing only for individual medals and not wearing the full team uniform. So the four core team members joining Simone Biles are Suni Lee, Jordan Childs, and Grace McCallum. Those athletes were seen in the blue uniforms. Jade Carey, Michaela Skinner in red uniforms, they qualified as individual competitors. And uh, so that's why they have different color uniforms. Something just to keep an eye out as you're watching the rest of these uh, Olympic games. And speaking of the Olympics, and we told you about this possible typhoon, looks like that might actually happen. You know, the sun was the first big problem. I mean, it's been unbearably hot there. Now the wind and the rain. Tokyo Olympics delayed by the pandemic and opened under oppressive heat. Now due for another hit of nature's power, a typhoon. It's going to be arriving early tomorrow morning, forecast to disrupt at least some parts of the games. Japanese hosts say in U.S. terms, the incoming weather is just a mid-grade tropical storm. And the surfers uh, on the beach there say the tropical storm could actually improve the competition so long as it doesn't hit the beach directly. And again, we told you this is the uh, first year for surfing in the Olympics. I'm curious, how long until cornhole? You know cornhole is eventually going to get in the Olympics. It's going to happen. Archery, rowing, and sailing have already adjusted their schedules because I guess archery, wow, imagine that during a typhoon. Uh, I don't want to be standing anywhere near when those arrows start flying everywhere away from their desired path. So, uh, it's a tropical storm of three grade out of five. So, that's what we're looking at as far as the Olympics uh, are concerned. One other sports note. You probably saw this story about the Norwegian women's beach handball team. They refused to wear bikini bottoms while they competed in the European Handball Federation Championships. Well, they were fined $1,765. The European Handball Federation asserted that the women competed in improper clothing by wearing shorts like their male counterparts. Well, now the singer Pink is coming to the rescue. She took to Twitter to lend her support, saying the EHF should be fined for sexism. She told her 31.5 million Instagram followers she's very proud of the Norwegian female beach handball team, and she will be more than happy to pay their fines. The Norwegian women's beach handball team showed their gratitude to the 41-year-old singer-songwriter reposting her tweet on their Instagram story. All right, uh, a couple of music history notes here. 1969 on this day, Johnny Cash released this classic. Well, my daddy left home when I was three and he didn't leave much to Ma and me. Just this old guitar and an empty bottle of booze. 
Now, I don't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did was before he left, he went and named me Sue. Song written by the beloved children's author Shel Silverstein, Cash was at the height of his popularity when he recorded the song live at California's San Quentin State Prison, released on this day in 1969. On this day in 1986, the number one song was Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer. music video won a number of awards, including a record nine MTV awards. Gabriel was also nominated for three Grammys for that song. But uh, one of the things I remember about that, I was working in Lawton at Magic 95, and we were playing albums and 45s until that song right there, Sledgehammer, was the first time we actually played a CD on the air instead of playing 45s and albums. I remember labeling the CD, putting the intro time for all the jocks so they would know know, how long they could talk right up to the intro. Peter Gabriel's Sledgehammer, number one on this day in 1986. That was eight years ago on this day. We lost the great singer, songwriter, J.J. Cale. After midnight, we're going to let it all hang out. J.J. Kale died of a heart attack at age 74 on this day in 2013. Became famous in 1970. That's when Eric Clapton covered that song after midnight. And then later, Clapton covered J.J. Kale's great son, Cocaine. Two worked together on an album which won a Grammy Award in 2008. Who in their life has not heard this incredible violin work? That is the great violin riff from Kansas's Dust in the Wind, of course. And that guy was Robbie Steinhardt, the limp for the band Kansas. He also sang lead on a lot of their songs. He passed away from complications of acute pancreatitis. Again, if you ever got a chance to see them live, when Robbie Steinhardt and Lynn Riff, crowd would lose their minds. Again, Robbie Steinhardt dead at the age of 71. All right, before we get out of here, uh, a reminder, tomorrow on the podcast, we got a great guest. It's not easy when you take over for a legend singing in a legendary band, but our guest tomorrow did just that, and he did an amazing job taking over. That's all I'll tell you, but uh, tomorrow, got a fun guest for you right here on the podcast. All right, have a great rest of your Monday. I'll see you back here tomorrow. Jess, tell everybody where they can find us. Well, that's a wrap. Reach out to us on Facebook and Instagram. Questions and comments? Email us, minordetailpodcast at gmail.com. Want to get a hold of us? Need to let us know something? We want to know about it. Hit up our 24-hour hotline, 479-388-1638. That's 479-388-1638. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google, and more. A Minor Detail Podcast, copyright 2020, the Radio Voice Productions, LLC. I'm Jess, and I'm out.